people have this subconscious addiction to control. People want to control situations because they think that if they can control things, that they'll always go the way that they want them to, and that's what will make them feel happy. Hello, and welcome to Conscious Business. This is the third and the final episode in this three-part series on communication. So far, we've talked about asking powerful questions back in episode 182. Then in episode 183, we talked about how to be an awesome answerer. And now in this episode, we're going to talk about listening, which is truly a lost art. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First off, I'm going to explain why listening is so hard. In the second segment, I'm going to reveal one of my best coaching tools for listening. It's one that I use in every single session that I've ever done. In the third segment, I'll introduce you to a concept called deep listening. Then I'll share three key tips for you to improve your listening. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? So why is listening so hard? Seriously, I do believe, I say this often, that listening is a lost art. And yet listening, if we really think about it, is one of the most important things that you can do when you're communicating. It's what really helps you to build strong relationships. So the question is, why don't we value listening more than we do talking? So I want you to think back to, you know, way, way, way back when you were a little kid. Were you ever told that you have two ears and one mouth? So I was told this all the time, and it's so, so true. I reference this all the time as an adult because we were really meant, designed, our bodies were physically engineered to listen more than to talk. So why is listening so hard? Well, I've reflected on this a lot, and I have four reasons that I'm going to share with you that will help you to understand why we tend to talk more than we listen. So first off, most of us love talking and some of us, I'm convinced, even love the sound of our own voice. So when we think about communication, we instantly gravitate to talking as the primary way of expressing ourselves, right? But communication is a two-way street. When you're talking, someone has to be on the other side listening to what you have to say. The second reason is that talking is the more yang form of communication. It gives us conversational control. Now, I know a lot of people don't love talking about control, but it's a really important thing. It runs as a subconscious script in a lot of the behavior that we have every single day. Compared to listening, which is more a passive form of communication or a yin style. So is control really that important, you might wonder? And I'd have to say absolutely, 100%. Second only to developing executive presence. The second most common goal that I work with, with my clients, 
is always control. People have this subconscious addiction to control. People want to control situations because they think that if they can control things, that they'll always go the way that they want them to, and that's what will make them feel happy. And although it's sad but true, our society also values really yang-style communication more than it does yin, right? We focus on, on doing things, not on being. And so when we're talking about control and really driving the conversation, that's what leads people to want to talk all the time because it makes them think, it gives them this perceived expectation that they are in control. The third reason that listening is so hard is that it can be really uncomfortable. So, so very, very uncomfortable. Now, I want to reference here one of my favorite videos. (laughs) I've, I've talked about it before, but maybe you haven't heard about it. It's called, if you search on YouTube, you just have to search for It's Not About the Nail. If you've never seen it before, definitely head over to YouTube and check it out. You can listen to it right after this episode. And it has more than 20 million views at this point. I think I'm personally responsible for a large portion of those, myself viewing it, but also referencing and suggesting it to a lot of clients. It's likely the best two minutes that you will spend today. What it does is it highlights the stereotypical theme in any heterosexual partnership between a man and a woman. And it is cliche, I'll be the first to confess, but it's so true. It talks about how when a woman is struggling, she just wants her partner to listen to her, to hold space, to be empathetic and hear what she's going through. She doesn't want him to jump in and solve the problem. She doesn't want it fixed. She just wants him to sit there and listen to her to be empathetic. So I'm not going to spoil the rest of the video for you. Definitely check it out. It's called, It's Not About the Nail. So this is reason number three. Listening, and you'll understand this when you watch the video, listening can be hard for a lot of us. The simple act of just sitting there, witnessing someone in their struggle and holding space for them is really uncomfortable because we have to resist that urge to fix it or to stop them from struggling so much. Okay, the fourth reason that listening is so hard is because many of us are addicted to telling others what to do. We're addicted to giving advice. I recently read a brilliant book called The Coaching Habit. And in it, Michael talks about taming your advice monster. He says that we're all conditioned to give out advice all the time. And if you really want to effectively coach people, you have to start managing your advice monster, this incessant urge to want to tell other people what to do all the time. Think about all the benefits that we have of telling others what to do. We get to be a hero. We get to solve all their problems, just kind of swoop in, fix it all, and then take credit for it. We get to show other people how smart we are. We get to have all the answers, which feels really good. So bottom line, when we tell other people what to do, we feel good about ourselves because we feel like we are getting to really live our lives fully and help others. But there's a danger in that because you're not really giving other people space to figure out their own answers. And quite honestly, just because you think you're an expert in their life, you're not. No one knows their life better than they do. 
We tend to also project a lot of our own themes, issues, and problems on others. So it's really dangerous to give advice all the time. So those are four reasons why listening is so hard for us. I'm going to recap them quickly here. One, we prefer talking. We love the sound of our own voice. Two, talking is the yang form of communication, which gives us conversational control. And let's face it, deep down inside, we crave control because we think that it gives us comfort and safety. Number three, it can be uncomfortable to listen to other people's problems passively without trying to swoop in and solve their problem. And lastly, number four, we're addicted to telling others what to do all the time. So the goal of this episode is to make the case for listening to make it so attractive and appealing to you that you really make a conscious effort to start listening more and to fine tune and improve your listening skills. So I'm kind of biased, I have to confess, because I listen for a living. You know, some people really think that coaching is about giving advice all the time, but it's really not. Good coaching is about listening, truly deep listening and being really present. So to listen to what's being said and also to listen to what is not being said. So I hope you're sitting down because I'm about to share one of my best coaching secrets. It's one of the skills that I can say with confidence that I use in every single coaching session I've ever had. And I'm going to teach it to you right now. To be a great listener, you have to understand that there are three different levels of listening. So you need to know what they are, and I'm going to teach that to you in a second. And you also need to start to observe which level you are in and make sure that that's the appropriate level for what kind of conversation you're having. So the deal is to recognize that each of these three levels is important. So level one is internal listening. So this is when you're listening with the intent to respond. So we're focused on our own needs in that moment. We are processing information. We're thinking, how does this apply to me? Or what am I going to be able to do with this information? If you're listening to you know, a lecture series, a podcast, you're always in level one listening. A great example is if you're, you're listening to directions or instructions of how to do something, and then in a second, you know, you have to take it away and go replicate it. So that is when we often engage level one listening, internal listening. It's quite often what we do uh, in our life. It's what we do by default. And many of us spend all our time here at level one listening. Level two, we call this focused listening. So this is where you can listen intently to the other person. You're truly listening to them. You're listening to what they need. You're listening and you're being present with them. And you're not thinking about yourself or how other information will impact you. It's all about them. You hang on their every word because in that moment, they are the absolute most fascinating person you've ever spoken to. And this is exactly what I feel when I'm coaching every single client. So that's level two. Now, level three listening is when you listen to others in the context of their entire surroundings. We sometimes call this global listening. So you're using all your senses. 
You're watching their body language, their tone of voice, the pauses in their speech, their pace, their energy levels, and you have complete and total awareness over everything that they are saying and they are communicating. So this is level three listening and it is powerful. And I should also give you the heads up that this is the hardest type of listening to do because it takes a lot of energy and attention. It's the one that uses up the most energy, the most units of energy. So if you try to listen at this level all day long, you're going to be exhausted by the end of the day, I promise you. So there you have it. My favorite coaching tool is understanding these three different levels of listening. I know that this is what makes me such a great coach and an excellent listener. So I use level three listening in my coaching every single session. So here's something I want to challenge you to do. I want you to think about these three different levels of listening in the coming week. I want you to notice when you're listening at level one, two, and three, and I want you to notice the difference between really, really being present and really listening to someone at all different levels. In this segment, I want to share a concept called deep listening that has really been inspirational to me and it's caused me to change the way I engage in conversations with certain people. It's a concept from Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh, who is a Buddhist monk, and you might be familiar with him. He's written the book called No Mud, No Lotus, which I reference all the time. I love that actual saying, no mud, no lotus. If you're not familiar with a lotus flower, it grows out of mud, and a lotus flower is just absolutely breathtaking. And it's just a a great metaphor for our lives, right? If you want to get through to that beauty, you have to sometimes times wade through a lot of muck. So this concept, deep listening, it can really help to relieve the suffering of another person and essentially of yourself. So I'm not sure that he intended this concept for the corporate world, but when I heard about it, it's the first thing that I thought of. I realized that it is something needed in the corporate world so much because it encompasses a lot of compassion, which we sometimes don't pack in our lunchbox when we go to work every day. The number one need that I always hear from people at work is that they want to be seen, they want to be heard. So basically, they want to be relevant. They want to know that they matter. They want to know that if they don't show up one day, then someone is actually going to notice because they're relevant. And they want to know that if they work really hard and they do a great job, that they're going to make a difference and have an impact. We basically all want to be relevant. Here's how he defines deep listening. You can call it compassionate listening And you listen with only one purpose, to help a person empty their heart. And it's really beautiful, isn't it? Let me say that again. You listen with only one purpose. You listen to help a person empty their heart. He says that you have to remember that you are helping people to suffer less. And regardless of what they say, even if they're bitter, even if they are complaining and whinging and moaning. You still have to listen with compassion. And when you do this, you give them the chance to suffer 
less. It's really very Buddhist thinking, isn't it? And he says that there's a part of you that wants to help them change their perception. That's fine, but that's something that you have to save up for another time. Have that conversation later on. In that moment, all you have to do is be present with them and listen. And doing one hour of this can really give them the chance for transformation and healing. During deep listening, we learn about their perception and we also learn about our perception of them. So it's a really incredible concept. I want you to take this away and think about it. Something that I ran into recently where I was talking to someone who was completely in narrative, right? They were just going off talking about other people and he said and she said and recounting stories and going on and on about all this negativity and I just felt like I was hitting my head against a brick wall and I had to interrupt and put in a boundary and say you know what I just I can't listen to this right now I have too much stuff going on in my life I can't layer on yours because the whole purpose of our conversation was for her to feel what was going on in my life and I showed up to have that conversation I showed up to be supported to be quite honest which is something that's really hard for me to do to lean in and ask for the help of others and so when I learned about this concept of deep listening instantly that's what I went to is that situation where I had to push back and say and put up a boundary and say you know what I just I can't listen to this negativity anymore I've got too much going on right now on my own plate And so I spent some time just thinking about how I would handle that differently in the future. So there's no right or wrong. Um, Setting boundaries isn't the only way. Deep listening isn't the only way. Finding some sort of way to mash them both up and be compassionate to the other person and also be compassionate to yourself because we don't want to ever over-index. And I think sometimes when people study Buddhist thinking, they tend to over-index on giving to everyone else. If you don't, which is completely misinterpreting the intention, because if you don't practice compassion for yourself and self-care for you, then you can't possibly hold space for others. So take this away as a concept and reflect in your life and see, is there somewhere, some conversation, some person that I would like to try this out with a little more? All right, in this segment, I want to give you a few tips to help you improve your listening. I've got three great tips for you. Here we go. Number one, I call it the playback. So our goal with active listening is to make sure that the other person feels heard. And also, not just that they're being heard, but that we're hearing them correctly. So the playback tool allows you to repeat back what they just said to make sure that how you heard it and how you interpret it was aligned with what they intended you to believe. So it's about making sure that we hear things right. I also find it helps if you use a preface. So you sort of sandwich the statement with a top and a tail, right? So you start it with, okay, so what I heard you say was blank. And then at the end, you finish it off with a question, right? So you're putting it back to them and you're saying, is that right? Or did I get that right? This tool works particularly well in an emotionally charged conversation because when we get angry, we often are in a place where we feel like we're not being heard or someone's not listening to us correctly. They're just pushing their own agenda. 
The other thing that it does that's really powerful is that it helps to slow down the conversation. Because when we're overheated, we tend to go quickly. And in that moment, we're saying things that maybe aren't the truth. It's not the truth from your heart. It might be something from your head that is, you know, responding to your partner and saying something back to them that is trying to hurt them rather than something that is actually the truth. So when we slow down the conversation, we can really filter and say, okay, this next thing I'm going to say, is it the truth or am I just being mean and hitting below the belt? So tip number one is the playback. So an example would be what I'm hearing you say is that when I show up late for dinner, it makes you feel disrespected. Is that right? And then this puts the conversation right back in their court to respond. Tip number two, one of my faves, we use this as coaches to presence a story that we're making up. So as humans, we are notorious, I'm especially guilty of this, for taking a limited number of data points and then filling in the blanks between those data points with our own story, with our own assumptions. And usually they're not facts and usually they're not right. So if you find yourself filling in the blanks between data points with your own made up story, I want you to try to presence it and share it with that other person. So here's how I like to do it. I like to say, okay, I'm making up a story here. And the other person will accept that offer and they'll say, okay, what story are you making up? Well, you can say, I'm making up a story that when you show up late for dinner, it's because you don't like my cooking. And I got to tell you, the simple act of saying this out loud just works miracles. You feel lighter having said it, because if not, you're just carrying it around as a belief the whole time. When it's said out loud, the charge is instantly taken from it. It also serves to lighten the conversation because let's, let's face it, when we have these kind of thoughts, 90% of the time, they're so ridiculous and so off base that they're not true. And so when we say it, it brings a little bit of levity into the conversation. We can both have a little chuckle about how silly these stories are and what we make up inside our head. And the third thing is obviously we give that other person the chance to say, is that correct or isn't it correct? And then they can have the chance to um, write those assumptions that you've made up in your head and they start to recognize that maybe they make assumptions down the road too. And so you've started to use this tool between the two of you in all your conversations. So I'm making up a story. Okay, great. What story are you making up? Well, I'm making up a story that, and then you kind of go from there. Really, really cool one. I'll confess it takes a lot of courage to say those things in the moment. I'm going to suggest that when you think about doing it, just open up your mouth and start talking because if you try to overthink it in the moment and, and think, should I say this right now? Should I not? You won't and then you'll miss that moment and then it's hard to go back. Tip number three is to not interrupt. Now this sounds simple, but trust me, it's hard to really, really listen. Like we talked about the three different levels of listening, to listen fully and allow someone else to completely formulate their thoughts, to really give that person total white space to say what they want to say. And before you chime in with your side of things, you can even prompt them 
to talk even more. So you can nod your head and say, okay, and what else? This is actually a great coaching question that I got from the book that I mentioned earlier, The Coaching Habit. He calls it the AWE question, which stands, it's A-W-E as an acronym for and what else. If you just keep asking that, and what else? And then people dig deeper to find that deeper level of truth and you just get more and more real with each other. And remember that when you're asking that question, that powerful AWE question, and what else? Be sure to be present with them. Be sure to give them lots of white space. Don't say anything and you'll be surprised what comes up. So recapping those three tips that I just gave you to improve your listening. Number one, the playback. Number two, presence the story that you're making up. And number three, avoid interrupting and ask that awe question and what else? Okay, it's time to start wrapping up this episode on listening. So this is the third and the final episode in this series on communication. So this is a perfect time for me to pause and just give you an acknowledgement to say thank you for listening to this episode and the entire series. I really couldn't have done it without you. I would love to hear any feedback that you have from using these tools, uh, anything that you've realized or you've used on your own that's helped you out. I would love to hear from you. Now, it's been a while since we kicked this series off, so be sure to go back and check out all three episodes. Give them the old replay and maybe listen to them right back to back from the start. See which areas of communication you are the strongest in, and then you can naturally pay attention to the areas that you want to focus on. So be sure to do your homework and really start monitoring the three different levels of listening that you're doing. Start to really be conscious about what you're doing and when. And also, don't forget to check out the video if you haven't already seen it. It's called, It's Not About the Nail, and you will totally love it, I promise. And remember that communication and relationships make the world go round. So talking is important. Yes, I love that you are an articulate communicator. But remember, you have two beautiful ears and only one beautiful mouth. So really lean in and practice this lost art of listening. Try out the tools, especially the playback. Use the playback more than talking. And I guarantee that you will start to see miracles in all of your relationships and all of your life. 